morning, Bucks fans. How's everyone doing Wednesday morning, which means it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here, senior writer and editor Scott Smith. As always, this is where we take your questions. So if you are not already watching on the Buccaneers Facebook page, head on over there, find our live video, and you can leave your questions down in the comment section. So as we have people a chance to start doing that, I figured we would start with some of the roster moves that we have, which it's always fun whenever we have some news uh, right before this show. So tell us what we know about some of these roster moves that have happened this week. Hey, things are starting to look pretty good. Uh, the team is returning to health. As probably most uh, fans watching this heard yesterday, Scotty Miller was activated from injured reserve. Uh, there was a spot open because we released long snapper Carson Tinker, and that's because uh, Zach Trinner returned from injured reserve for the last game, as did Sean Murphy Bunting. And now we get another piece of good news this morning that cornerback Carlton Davis has been designated to return to practice starting today. So that begins a three week window at when which he can practice with the team without counting against the 53 man roster. And if at any point the Buccaneers feel like he's ready to go, he can be activated to the active roster. So the Bucs are pretty close to getting back to their starting a lineup of cornerbacks from week one, which didn't even last that full game because that's when Sean Murphy Bunting had his dislocated elbow against the Cowboys. So uh, we haven't played a full game with the three corners that we intended to be our top three guys. We're getting close to that. And then one other little piece of news, the Jaguars signed Jaden Mickens off of our practice squad to their active roster. And uh, so we have re-signed wide receiver John Hurst. Yeah, so many, so many moves happening. Uh, and it's it's great. It is some of the first times we're feeling like there is multiple bits of good news on the injury front, which is really nice timing wise. Um, and we saw some of the effects of that already in this last game, it, it felt like. And uh, I just wanted to hear your, your major takeaways uh, from this last week. Well, to stay with that theme, Rob Gronkowski was back. And boy, it's good to have Rob Gronkowski back uh, for just for that offense. I mean, he immediately had six catches for some, something like 71 yards. He had our longest play of the game, which is a 35 yarder on third and two. Uh, and, and then even the other tight ends. And honestly, during the time that Gronkowski was out, the Buccaneers still had two very good tight ends and OJ Howard and Cam break, but they just didn't get that involved in the passing game. Well, Gronkowski come back, comes back, catches six passes, but Cam Braid and O.J. Howard made some big plays in that game as well. So just the whole tight end group kind of gets tied together when Gronkowski is back. Uh, but, you know, my other big takeaway from that game is, as has been the story a lot this year, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady and the Bucs offense are taking what the defense is going to give. And they knew the Giants were going to come in and play a lot of two high safeties to try to take away the big play. A, because that's what the Giants have been doing all year. And B, because that's what a lot of teams have been doing to the Buccaneers specifically. So Tom Brady take what they took what they give them and did it really well. I know everybody was a little frustrated with the dink and dunk game in Washington, but this was totally different. This was a really well-scripted game. And if you talk about successful plays, and I'll be done with this long rant here in a second, Casey, but if you talk about successful plays as they're defined by next-gen stats, a play is a success if it gets four or more yards on first down, if it gets half or more of the yards needed for a first down on second down, and if it gets the first down or a touchdown on third and fourth down. By that definition, the Buccaneers started that game with 17 straight successful plays, including every single play in the first quarter. I mean, that's just good scripting and good execution. Yeah, that's incredible. That is, I love that stat. That's really great. And of course, uh, we had a bunch of questions asking with all that injury update we just gave, uh, Antonio Brown, what do we know about when he might be healthy or when we we might know when he might be healthy? Well, I mean, we, you know, when Bruce Arians spoke on uh, Tuesday, 
because we had the Monday night game. He had some promising things to say about a number of guys, including the fact that Vita Vea, amazingly, should be ready to go this week and should probably be practicing today. Um, and, and then he said Carlton could return, and now he has. But he was a little less, um, I don't know, specific on Antonio Brown. He says he's getting better, but I didn't hear the words that made me think he's coming back now, you know, but I think he's getting close. Okay, and then same thing with Ali Marpet, what we know about his injury. So it's an oblique injury, and apparently – it's a little hard to tell how long those things are going to take. Uh, I think it's a pain thing for one thing, and maybe, you know, it's hard to move. Uh, and he, Coach Arian said we probably wouldn't know until closer to the end of the week if it's going to be bad enough to keep Allie out for a game. Um, hopefully not, but we really can't, you know, we really can't complain too much because so far all of our five offensive line starters have started every game, and you won't find that on many teams around the league. Okay, and Jonathan asked us to say hello to him from Newfoundland, Canada. All right. Very cool. Uh, he's, probably, he's probably impressed that you pronounced it right and not Newfoundland. Oh, yeah. Newfoundland. I don't it's think funny. it's funny. Once you said that, I suddenly got nervous. I was like, oh, God, how I could I? Got it right. I? I mean, I think you got it right. So it's Jonathan? Yes. Hi, Jonathan in Newfoundland. That's what's funny. When you first said about my pronunciation, I thought you meant Jonathan. And I was like, <laughs> I don't feel like I should have gotten a lot of credit for that. Good job. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, all right. Our next one was asking about um, how long we think uh, Richard Sherman might be out as well, or when we might know some more. Yeah. When Richard Sherman went down the second time with the calf injury, um, I could tell from Bruce Arians wording and tone to the answer of that question that we're not going to see him for a while. Uh, you know, he said he's not going to be back anytime soon. And uh, to be honest with you, the urgency isn't quite as strong there now with Carlton Davis hopefully returning to action soon and Sean Murphy bunting back in the lab. Obviously you'd like to have him available, but it's a little less urgent than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. We can just continue to get coach Richard Sherman and get the, yeah, right. get He's the been out there. He's been yeah. out there. Um, our next one was uh, that William wanted us to talk about uh, Joe Tryon's game and what you saw from him. Yeah. He got to play a decent amount, which is good. You know, his, his playing time's kind of gone up and down a little bit. A lot of the time that that's just had to do, with the type of offense we were facing and, and their game plan. Uh, and they moved him around a lot. So, you know, he had a couple plays. I think, I don't think he had a sack. That was um, Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill, but he, he had some pressures in there. And again, when he's had a chance to get in there and rush the pass for, he's looked pretty good. So I think everybody feels really good about his future. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Isai had asked, uh, do you think he'll get more playing time? Again, I think it has to do with the, with the game plan each week. So uh, this one, we're playing the Colts. Obviously, with they, they have the best running back in football now, pretty much undisputed with Derrick Henry injured. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he just ran for four touchdowns and caught another one. So we're going to get a big dose of Jonathan Taylor. And that may, you know, that may put us in more base sets that may make us want to have JPP out there more, uh, you know, because he's pretty good at setting the edge. So I don't know. We'll see. It, it, but it's kind of a game plan dependent thing. Okay. Uh, and then Richard had asked, uh, what are your thoughts on Devin White starting to play like the player we have expected these last couple of weeks? And I know that actually is also a great segue into um, some news we have in terms of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, right before we came on the air, we got the email from the league for the first time on an update of the fan uh, voting for the Pro Bowl. So the fan voting started last week, I believe. So get out there and vote. I'm sure there's all kinds of links all over Buccaneers.com, um, but it's on NFL.com. And uh, there were two Buccaneers that are currently leading the fan voting at their positions in the NFC, and that's Tom Brady at quarterback and Devin White at inside linebacker. So obviously the splash plays that he's made the last couple of weeks 
are, uh, you know, people are starting to take notice. And of course, when you play on Monday night, then everybody gets to see you. He had his big two sack game and 18 tackles in Washington. He didn't have any sacks on Monday night, but he's still really doing a good job of pressuring the quarterback. And one of the reasons why those plays are showing up more now is as Bruce Arians was explaining yesterday, when the Buccaneers had some injury issues going on on defense for, you know, a good part of the first half of the season, they asked Devin to play a lot more, you know, stay in the middle of the defense and, and, you know, take the middle of the field. But now that they're a little healthier and they can play a little more man to man and don't have to go zone all the time, uh, they can blitz him more often, or he can go on that delayed blitz when he sees that the running back is staying in to protect. And so he's just getting more opportunities. And we've seen over the last few seasons that when he decides to go in the backfield, he gets in there really, really fast. So you're starting to see that. And he didn't have any sacks in this game, but he did pressure the quarterback on the interception by Steve McClendon. And he also tipped the ball that was intercepted by Mike Edwards. So he's out there making plays. Yeah, absolutely. And it was great. I had um, Mike Caldwell, the inside linebacker coach on my radio show yesterday. And uh, he said that Devin had even made a comment about how he really had wanted to get himself the interceptions and not just be tipping things or helping or causing stuff. So when he ended up doing that and tipping it to Mike Edwards, coach Caldwell said they were all planning on giving him a lot of grief of like, Hey man, I thought you said you were going to get it yourself. <laughs> hey man, Steve McClendon's out there getting interceptions. So I think yeah. it's time for Devin White. That's what I told him. I was like, I bet that's some extra motivation too. Like, <laughs> hey man, he, he got one more than you did that game. Um, we also had a question asking how concerned uh, we should be about facing Jonathan Taylor this next week. Well, yeah, any team should be, but you know, the thing about it is, I mean, he's going to be a huge challenge for any defense because he's the whole package. He He's uh, fast. He's really fast. Like he got up to 22 miles per hour on a 78-yard run earlier this season, and that's the fastest that any running back has run on any play this year. But he's also big and strong and powerful, can run between the tackles, can break tackles. I mean, it's a challenge for anybody, but you also go into these games going, well, if any team is equipped to deal with a Jonathan Taylor or any great running back, it's the Buccaneers, whose run defense for the third year in a row is number one in the league. We had dropped to number two, but we're back to number one now. And we probably have Vita Vea back in the middle, so that really helps. So, I mean, I wouldn't go anywhere and make any sort of bold predictions on the Bucs defense being able to stop Jonathan Taylor, but at least they are well prepared to do so. Okay. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for joining us and for those great questions, and we'll see you next week. We'll be right back.